Miamians and listeners from around the world, welcome to another episode of Miami Global Net, the podcast that brings Miami to you. Have you ever felt bad for drinking too much coffee? I know you have experienced those jitters before. Well, we have a Miami startup looking to change the way you feel when you drink coffee. They blend the magic of CBD and coffee. That's right, CBD and coffee. Alvaro Ortega, co-founder at GB Coffee, shares with us how his coffee is different, how it all started, and what you can expect from them in the near future. You can order from their website right away if you want to give it a shot. Please support us by subscribing to the show and signing up for a newsletter. All information in the show notes. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we showcase the people and organizations that support Miami's international landscape. Learn from local business owners, startups, diplomats, and community leaders. Get to know the tools and services that are out there that help you invest and grow in South Florida. Miami is a true global city where one can live and do business with a global reach. Alvaro, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Good. How are you, Alejandro? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you. No, please. Thank you for joining us. So before we talk about coffee, let's get to know you a little bit. Where are you from? So I'm originally from Puerto Rico, um, but for the last 15 or so years, I've been a resident of Key Biscayne, Florida. Where did you study? I went to high school in Miami Country Day in Miami Shores, and then I went to college at Tufts University in Massachusetts. And what, uh, what did you study? I actually studied international relations. Very oh, relevant for this podcast. Look at that. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Awesome. So this is interesting because you are a co-founder of a startup. We can say that. That's right. Right. So tell us about GB Coffee. How did it all so, start? Yeah, I, was, I was working at an economic development nonprofit in Alabama. And when COVID hit, I came home when things had shut down because I'd rather be home with my family because it was just easier. Um, and so while working from home, I was working crazy hours because that the company I was working at was a startup. And so as the third employee, I was working crazy hours and as a result, making a lot of coffee. And, you know, we were all nervous in the first few months of COVID. So the anxiety fueled the the excessive coffee drinking and i developed a complicated relationship with coffee and i've for a long time been a big coffee drinker and a coffee brewer for the last few years um so so i developed crazy coffee jitters where i would get insomnia anxiety and i would develop unwanted feelings like stomach indigestion and acid reflux as a result of excessive coffee drinking and so i thought to myself surely there has to be a solution so i went online and i looked up um, coffee that's better for the mind or coffee that's less anxious. And I saw on some Reddit forums that people had been adding CBD to their coffee. So I thought this is so cool because my brother works in CBD. So I asked him about it and he said, yeah, CBD is perfect for someone that has high anxiety and it's actually really good for stomach indigestion. So I did my own research and inflammation and I did my own research about it. And after a few weeks, I started making it. Um, for myself and for some friends. And I realized just the profound difference that I was feeling. And, but the, the one issue was that CBD has kind of an oily texture and it's a little bitter in taste. And I had grown so used to that quality, delicious coffee taste that I thought 
I can make a solution potentially. Maybe I could find a water soluble and um, tasteless CBD. So I went online and I, I tried finding as many as possible. And I had a lot of free time because of COVID. And in the process, I found a producer of CBD that really worked and they were eager to help me with my, with my project. And I just realized there wasn't a coffee CBD that coffee with CBD that, that met my needs as a consumer. So without many options to buy, I just decided to make my product that would help me with my issues. That's, that's awesome. So was it difficult once you found the CBD provider you needed merging the CBD and the coffee? Was that, was that a challenge? So, yeah. So I thought, I generally thought that the process was going to be a lot harder. I think as, as someone that grew up with the internet, I had grown with, with the ability and the knowledge to how to search things. And I think one of the most interesting things was just left with Google. I just started finding, okay, I had watched Shark Tank and I knew that the term for someone that can make something for you was called a co-packer. So I looked up coffee co-packers and then I realized that search didn't necessarily yield the results I wanted. So I looked up cold brew coffee co-packer and then I would search forums and databases and everything to find a coffee manufacturer that could work with CBD because there wasn't a lot of people that had worked with it in the past. So in, in essence, I made an Excel sheet with 40 different manufacturers and I just Throughout the day while I was working my last job, just would schedule phone calls at lunch and in between meetings and stuff. And I was a bad employee at the time because a lot of my mind was going towards this. And so I just talked to them and just explained to them what I wanted to do. And I, I would kind of through hearing their words, find out what I needed. So I would, I would hear all their terms and learn them, what it meant um, and what pasteurization meant and what it meant to actually produce the coffee and the process of doing that at scale. And so it was a huge learning experience, but I found a manufacturer that could do exactly what I wanted at the price point that I wanted. Because of course, I'd only been in the, in the workforce for a few years, so I didn't have a lot of money saved up. So it was, it was a matter of just finding someone that could fit my needs and my, my capabilities uh, as a self-funded investor in my business. So this started like a side hustle. As you said, you were working at the time. Are you still working or is this now your, your full time? So I've since left my job and I've been doing this uh, part time with another job. I'm working at a local Miami uh, urban design firm part time. And so throughout the week and on weekends, I work on this. In the beginning, I started working with a, my co-founder, James, who lives in New York. And he's been full-time on this since September. So working with that, managing another job um, and working with him who's full-time has been really interesting, but it's really taught me how to learn to manage myself and manage someone that's equal to me as a co-founder. So that's been really cool and interesting. So as a co-founder, what are your roles? I'm sure there's a division of duties and I'm sure there's duties that you guys do together, but what are your main responsibilities? Yeah, he's definitely... I think in my personal opinion, much better than I am at, he brings a lot more experience, but at the end of the day, working is just a matter of just like everything needs to be done and just knowing how to do it doesn't get it done all the time. So it's been really humbling to be able to put myself in the situation to be able to get the stuff done, even though I don't, I'm not as capable as he is on things like advertising and social media and design and branding, which is what he's been focused on a lot. But I, there, everything's better with two hands and two heads, which is something I've learned that 
a co-founder that meets your your passion and your willingness to do things is much better than someone that's perfectly equipped and balances out your skills. I think someone that aligns with you on vision and execution is much better. Uh, so I've been working on on operation stuff and just helping along with with most of the the client the the provider and partner management. So I've been working with the manufacturer and sourcing the coffee and finding quotes, as well as using the different types of merchants and payment processors and different partners that we've made along the way. I just manage our partners while I let him run the creative. I also help a lot with, with social media as well. Um, but yeah, that's, it's kind of been, it hasn't been necessarily a natural split in duties. It's been more just things need to get done and both of us are willing to get it done. So we're kind of, I'm also learning a lot on the fly. He's learning a lot on the fly on other stuff as well. Sounds to me like an entrepreneurial strike team. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of building the plane as you're flying it. And that's the best part of entrepreneurship, to be honest. When you're, when you decide to start, because you could, you could only prepare so much, right? You have to start at yeah. some point or else you'll start, you'll, you'll die planning. So this yeah. is the best part of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. You mentioned the coffee. So what, what kind of coffee can people expect? Is it many flavors? Is it a particular flavor? How does that look like? So the coffee we source is 100% fair trade and organic. And we, we've sourced it from small badge farms in Colombia, in the Nariño region of Colombia, which is one of the most storied and well-respected coffee-growing regions in the world. So we source Colombian coffee from there. It's then roasted at the same facility we, where we brew it. So that way we can ensure that it's roasted fresh and brewed fresh. So we source the, the coffee green and it's roasted to a medium roast. From there, it's brewed, cold brewed with nothing else added other than the CBD. But it does have a naturally sweet finish. So it doesn't have a sweetener. And we did this in mind because I'm a health conscious consumer. And I tend to eat things and look at labeling first. So I wanted one, as few ingredients as possible in my product, other than the two things that I went for, which was coffee and CBD. I didn't want to add other things that were unwanted, like sweeteners or preservatives. So we've ensured that we've, we've created a product that is free of that. And the finish is the way that the way that cold brewing works is it doesn't cook it twice. So when coffee is roasted, it's already been in theory cooked, but when it's brewed hot again, what happens is you, you actually cook it a second time and you acidify the coffee. Meaning that a lot of times when you associate that acidic taste with coffee, it's only, it only happens when it's brewed hot. When coffee is cold brewed, it actually maintains a very smooth and naturally sweet taste. Interesting because what am I, I don't drink coffee, but I've made lots of coffee in the, in city hall, <laughs> as you've seen. Yeah. But um, yeah, I always complained that it was too acidic for me. Right. I did not know that a cold, a cold brew would have, have a more smooth flavor. Yeah. It's much smoother. And I, I often drink it without a sweetener or without a dairy or dairy alternative. I drink it perfectly black. Um, but we have two products that we're launching with. One is a can and the can, of course, it's a little limited to, if you were to add a sweetener, you could always pour it into a cup, but our second product is perfectly made for those that aren't necessarily the black coffee drinker. It's a bag in the box, similar to boxed wine. 
So you put that bag in the box in the fridge and you just press the, the spout and it releases the coffee and you can pour it into a cup and use whatever sweetener or milk or milk alternative as you want. Where is your coffee made? Is it in the States? Yeah. So we make our coffee, we roast it and brew it and apply the CBD on one facility in the Twin Cities. And we chose that one because we found yeah, a great Twin Cities coke. for for those so that in, don't know what that is. In Minnesota. Minnesota. So the 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 reason that we chose that was because we found a great co-packer who was one willing to grow with us and work with us at the scale that we were at. But two, also because the Midwest just has great water and coffee is as simple as coffee and water. It's just two ingredients. And so water is as much of a key component in that. And, and if you talk to a beer connoisseur, they'll tell you that great beer starts with great water and the same thing happens with coffee. So we're sourcing and we're making our coffee in a place that just has just historically great water that passes all the tests and is well-respected as being a such. Where, where can we find your coffee right now? So right now we're available online at jubicoffee.com, but we're looking to launch in a lot of Miami retailers we're looking to do a launch in the spring and we're speaking with a few different real retailers in Miami beach and in downtown Miami, but our launch is primarily focused to Miami because of just the great coffee drinking community we have here and the, the health and wellness focused consumer base. And your team, is it just you and your co-founder or do you? It's just us too. Ah, so you guys are wearing many hats, many hats and working through many days, sometimes nights, and many times weekends. It's beautiful. That's, that's just, that is just music to my ears for entrepreneurship. Um, so as operations, I'm assuming that you'll be reaching out to all these. You have been probably reaching out to, to these supermarkets and these vendors and all these people that are going to be eventually offering your coffee. Yeah. Um, so I actually went to one in, in Miami Beach, and I talked to her. And she gave me the full tour of the store and told me all these numbers and said what, how, what, kind of, what kind of foot traffic I could expect. And, and then two days later, I showed up kind of incognito with a hoodie and I went to go see it for myself. So it's been a lot of just being scrappy, the same thing. I, I've been learning about how to deal with retailers. All it, just Not my background, as you know, I came from a background in government and then I worked for a nonprofit. So Alejandro, you and I actually worked together when I was an intern in your office yeah. uh, two summers in a row. So my, my passion was in government. I didn't study anything to do with this. So it's just been a lot of online learning, which is great, and online communication. So I really use Zoom to the best of my ability. But I've kind of learned in the last few months that you can really build a decentralized business, one that's built on the computer and you communicate all on the computer to, to every extent possible. I mean, I do have a physical product, but, but there's a lot. You can learn a lot online on different forums and different websites. And you can communicate through just great modern tools. Have you thought about reaching out to all these smoke shops around the city? I think it, it, it would pair. It would pair CBD coffee. They sell CBD products left and right. Yeah, right? you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's a great retail strategy. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> because I'm sure people who go in there will be like, oh, look at that. Coffee. Yeah, totally. So Miami, you mentioned you moved back. How does that play into your strategy? So more importantly, Miami is, is a very big market for, for product consumption. We have 
We have a very like alive and thriving retail market here in Miami. And, and it's one that I think is only growing. We, we not only are a big vacation destination, but we're growing in our, in the last six months, we're growing in our actual citizenship. Uh, and I think it's one right now where, where things are limited in most major cities like New York and Los Angeles. Miami still has a very thriving retail landscape in, in this current context. But I think more importantly, me as a startup founder, Miami was just a really attractive place for me to move to. I knew that I was going to want to build this almost entirely online and I was going to do so very leanly. I wasn't going to buy office space or anything, nor did I have the money to do that. So I knew that I wanted to be somewhere where I could spread my legs and really enjoy myself. And Miami just has a really good climate for entrepreneurs that are building online or e-commerce businesses. I think Miami is just extremely attractive, not just right now, but just all year long and COVID aside, I think we have a very thriving lifestyle here and, and I just love the beach. <laughs> how are you, how are we going to get your co-founder down here? I think it's as simple as uh, him just enduring another New York winter. I think he's going to want to come down. It's only a matter of time then because we got a lot of those hedge fund people coming and, and companies from California coming. So it's only a matter gotta, of time. Yeah, it's only a matter. Of, our startup scene is growing tremendously, much to the work that the mayor and the, the city of Miami government's doing. But I think, I think more importantly for him, it's just me working my butt off to to get our retail sales down here much better than the New York numbers. I think he'll see that it's much more important to invest down here. I agree. How did you guys meet? So we, we met through a fellowship program called Venture for America that, collect, that connects recent uh, college graduates uh, to networking and career advancement. So we met one summer where we were both in Detroit doing career learning, where we met from different people from IDEO and Boston Consulting Group. Uh, that taught us each day for a month on on different life skills that would help us when working at startups. So that's actually how I got my job at a startup. So I ended up working in Birmingham, Alabama, and he stayed working in Detroit, but we kept in contact because the networking group is just so strong. And we were talking over one of those unnecessary Zoom happy hours that everyone was having uh, when COVID first started. And and I was talking on a Zoom call with him and him and I just ended up talking about just how crazy our coffee jitters were. And it's worth noting, he actually owned a coffee shop uh, in Brooklyn. So he adds a lot of the, the coffee knowledge to this. I consume a lot of coffee as a consumer, but he's made a lot for other people. And I think he has more of a refined palate than I do. Sounds like a partnership made in heaven, coffee, ho- coffee heaven. <laughs> yeah, coffee, yeah, cafecito heaven. Cafecito heaven. <laughs> talking about investment. Is are you guys open searching? Is that an option for people to invest in this project in this startup? I think yeah. I think there was so many uncertainty with with production due to COVID. So for instance, we lost about a month and a half of production due to people in the staff at the production facility that were making the coffee. In one of them got COVID, and then another one got COVID, and they just kept testing positive. And of course, they're all safe and and healthy right now, but. But it was just there was so much uncertainty as a result of the of the COVID pressure on the supply chain that I didn't want to start raising or launch early. So I actually we pre-launched our product and and sold product and we informed everyone that we weren't going to have coffee for a while. But I think I didn't time in that setback 
of the delay in the production. And so I think I was scared by how we've already had people wait for a little bit that I, I wasn't ready to also raise money because I just didn't have sales yet or meaningful sales data. So I think we're open to fundraising, especially from friends and family in, in the next few months, once we have meaningful sales data, not just online, but hopefully at one or two retail locations. So I'm open, but I'd rather give them something that's going to be meaningful and valuable to them. That's a smart move. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think definitely, I think it also helps, you know, personally me my equity, my valuation is going to be much higher once I have sales data. So I'm also thinking <laughs> of myself. Good, good. That's fair. Um, I know we're running out of time and I want to ask you, what's your favorite part of all this process? I think it's just the rapid learning that you get from actually doing it. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of like a rapid MBA. I think I've had to learn about so many things because I have a financial stake in it that I just forced myself to, I've read more books in the last few months than I'd read a lot before then. I wasn't much of a recreational reader, but there's an onus to learn something that could give you a competitive edge. And I think, yeah, that level of learning has been great. And the other thing to me has been just like the, the sheer belief in myself that it grants. So I, I definitely didn't think that I'd be doing this right now. And so I am really, I've really enjoyed how much it's like taught me about myself. What kind of books are you looking at? Is there one you can recommend some? Yeah, I actually started reading a book recently called Post Corona by Scott Galloway, who's a New York University, NYU uh, business professor. And the book is about how he thinks the business landscape and the political landscape is going to be shaped and changed by COVID when all this is over. It's really cool. Awesome. awesome. Well, I'm put, I'll put all the information in the show notes, your contact information as well. So people can reach out and learn more, especially your website, so they can find the products. I want to thank you for joining us and telling us your story about your CBD coffee. I think it's very interesting and, and different and new. Thanks, Alejandro. Yeah, I love, I love to be here and to share our story. <laughs>